I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. With Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Final segment on a Friday. It's great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we round out our Veterans Day and as we round out Election Week, not counting Election Month if you're living in the state of Georgia, but I want to get to uh, two really important things. Uh, one, we've been talking a lot about how we talk about things and how we often end up chasing clickbait and headlines that are divisive uh, or filled with contempt. And we just have to get our speech past that. We don't need it. We don't need it. Uh, there's a different way to get at it. And uh, I want to actually go to uh, one of the uh, shining moments, I think, in terms of acceptance speeches. There weren't a lot of great acceptance speeches across the country. Uh, even you think you'd win, you think you'd give a, a really great speech. Uh, but a lot of the acceptance speeches uh, were kind of filled with a, a little bit of negativity and barbs and sharp, you know, little jabs at the opponent. Uh, even in victory, how you win matters. Uh, And so I want to shift. We're going to go down to Alabama. Alabama elected its first female senator to the United States Senate, Katie Britt. Uh, And she gave, I think, the speech of the week in her acceptance speech. And she started by thanking the young people. Now, to the young people out there, you're actually why every single one of us is standing in this room. You are not only our future, but you are also our hope for a better today. We want to invest in you. We want to create better pathways for you. We want to make sure there are conditions that, with your own hard work, will allow you to stand taller. I want you to learn from this moment. The one where a public school girl from the Wiregrass who was polling at 2%, went on to become the first woman ever elected to the United States Senate from the state of Alabama. (laughs) You are not just witnessing history, you are part of it. As she continued on, uh, she encouraged everybody, not just the young people, but everybody, to dream big, to work together, to make their state and the country just a little bit better. Learn and remember that while the world places limitations on us, it is the limitations we place on ourselves that undoubtedly do the most damage. So set big goals, but pay attention to the little things. Handle yourself with dignity, treat people with respect, encourage others to succeed while working hard yourself. And when you fall down, and you will, because I sure have, 
get back up. And no matter what challenges life sends your way, and there will be big ones, never, ever, ever count yourself out. Got it? Y'all, I believe with hard work, resiliency, faith, and the support of wonderful people, we all, Alabama, can reach our full potential. And so to the adults in the room, let's ensure that Alabama is the best place to live, work, worship, and raise a family, not only for ourselves, but for all of them. Y'all, hope is on the horizon. Let's restore the shining city on a hill our country was not so long ago. We must lay a foundation that ensures that all children across our state and nation have the freedoms and opportunities to do really incredible things. That is how you give an acceptance speech. It was inclusive. It spoke to everybody. It was aspirational. It wasn't Pollyanna. There was some grit in there. You could hear that. Uh, she is someone uh, you all should start uh, following and watching just a little bit. I think she has a voice that's unique. Uh, I think she could be uh, an amazing senator from the state of Alabama in the United States Senate. Uh, and that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch to see how she navigates uh, all of the things back in Washington, D.C. But that's how you give a speech, folks. Uh, perfectly crafted, well-delivered, and uh, hit the notes of we don't have to hit the, the cowbell. Endings matter. And she showed that you can win with class just as you can lose with class. And that was absent a lot of the speeches we've heard over the last few days. Turning our attention now, as we should every day, uh, to our veterans, uh, those who have worn the uniform of the United States of America, those who make it possible for us to exercise the most important of all the rights, the right, the right to vote and to determine how we are governed uh, and so we, we praise all of our veterans, uh, those that are serving now, those that have served, those Gold Star families that uh, are part of that ultimate sacrifice that makes freedom ring everywhere. And I thought it was significant today uh, at a speech at Arlington National Cemetery, the vice president, Kamala Harris, highlighted the various and vital roles that veterans fill in American life after completing military service. Take a listen. And even when you returned home and took off your uniform, you continued to serve and to lead in communities across our country. Veterans, after all, are nurses and firefighters, little league coaches and small business owners, faith leaders and elected officials, mentors and teachers. Every day, through your life's work and your example, you make America stronger. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind 
only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And so as we round it all out, those were great words from the vice president. I thought she gave a great speech today, one of her best, uh, and appropriately on a Veterans Day uh, at a very important place at Arlington National Cemetery. If you haven't been there, that is one of the unique experiences. It was one of my favorite things in our nation's capital and to get to understand and, and know uh, those from the old guard, those who guard that uh, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, that the discipline that they have, the focus they have, the commitment to honor and integrity that they have uh, is worth reflecting for, for all of us. So what do we do on a Veterans Day? Of course, we should thank every veteran we know, everyone we see today. Uh, but I, I love what Jenny Taylor said to start our uh, program today, that we should live our thank you. Uh, We talk about that a lot on this program, living your thank you. So what can we do? What can we do to actually live that thank you to all who have worn the uniform, those that do today? I think we do that when we honor our valiant veterans by exercising the freedoms that they fight, fight for or fought for in years past. We honor those who have taken up arms in defense of freedom by laying down our weapons of words whether that's in person or whether that's on social media and online, it's time to lay down our weapons of words. We honor our veterans when we stand together for them, uh, especially our wounded warriors, those struggling on our streets or battling mental illness, depression, despair. We have to stand together. We have to with the families of our veterans who carry awesome, overwhelming burdens. And as I said, those Gold Star families Uh, for those that didn't return. We honor our veterans when we stand together, square our shoulders, link arms, and march forward together, because that's what we do. We honor those valiant veterans who have served our country uh, by doing everything we can to be united today. And often in the rough and tumble of American politics, we forget what we're really fighting for. And sometimes those pundits of doom and gloom and those who profit from rage and division attempt to convince us that that shining city on a hill that America's supposed to be is nothing more than a mirage. And I admit there have been moments in the 2022 election cycle that have made it feel like that shining city on a hill is a very, very distant land. But we can get there. But we got to do it together. So we have to stand together square those shoulders, recognize that we can stand on the shoulders of our veterans because they were willing to square them. Now it's our turn. Live your thanks. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources on a Veterans Day today. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something, especially for a veteran today, that makes a difference. KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. 
two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.